welcome back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 91, Mission Impossible. Hello, Hallie. Hello, David. Hello, Kristen. Hi. Hello, listeners. Mission Impossible is a 1996 American action spy film based on the 1966 and 1988 television series. There you go. You almost got it. Television series of the same name. It was directed by Brian De Palma and produced by and starring Tom Cruise. In addition to Cruise, Mission Impossible stars John Voight, Emmanuel Bayart, Henry Zerny, Cherny? It's probably Cherny. Ving Rames, Kristen Scott Thomas, Vanessa Redgrave, and Jean Reno. Or Jean? I don't know who that is. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I apologize to everybody in the cast. Uh, it was filmed on an $80 million budget and earned $457 million worldwide, making it the third highest grossest, grossing film of 1996, behind Twister and Independence Day, which are two more films I should probably see at some point. <laughs> you haven't seen Independence Day? I haven't. It's so good! I don't think I've seen Independence Day. What?! Peak Jeff Goldblum. Everyone okay. says that Jurassic Park is peak Jeff Goldblum, but they're wrong. It's Independence Day. I've meant, I've meant to see Independence Day for a while because... Aliens! Yeah, aliens. Fun! Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about Twister, but it did make... Tornadoes! I, I, <laughs> I said not much. I do know that much about Twister. Um, but it also made like half a million dollars at the box office or something crazy, which 1996, you could just put out a movie about a big tornado and yeah. people would go and see it. So I want to raffle in elementary school to watch Twister with my teachers. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a prize. It was like a really big deal. I think we got out of class that like one kid from each class got to watch Twister with the teachers and eat pizza and drink Sprite. It makes much more sense once you're like, we got to get out of class, there was pizza, there was Sprite, we had like other children. It was just like, sat in the room with all the teachers to watch Twister. a movie club and they're like, yeah, let's have a kid come in. I also had a raffle at one point where I was, I, the prize was I got McDonald's with one of the teachers, okay. but it wasn't my teacher. <laughs> it was just a teacher I didn't know, <laughs> but kind of thought was cool. And I was like, yeah, I'll sign up for that raffle. Yeah, and then I won, and it was very awkward. <laughs> because you was like, who I didn't is know this? It will, And they didn't know me. Yeah. It was, so it was just like the two of us in her car going to <laughs> get McDonald's. <laughs> That was my prize. My fifth grade teacher had a thing where he would put the boys against the girls and we had to get the most number of points. And at the end of the year, the team that scored the highest um, got Dairy Queen. But it wound up being that everyone in fifth grade got Dairy Queen. <laughs> I was going to say, babe. But for the record, the girls won. I'm sure they did. Yeah. Because yeah. girls rule, boys drool. Also, That's the, the only thing I learned in elementary school. The Zerny Cherny thing? Yeah. Verbatim happened in the Raven Boys. Because he was like, how do I say this last name? Is it Cherny? Unknown. <laughs> so this doesn't help us at all. It's no, just like, hey. But I was like, this happened. 
exist <laughs> that I have not read. And so I wouldn't know. It's neither. <laughs> it's Cherney. I my Cheer. brain always just says um something else in my head. A thing that like I can't actually use my mouth to say. It just is a sound. The sounds that I make in my head are not are not made by human mouths. <laughs> no, they can be, just not mine. <laughs> I'm sure people are capable of making this noise, but I've tried to say it how my head says it, and it doesn't come out the same. Is it Cherney? No. Because <laughs> that's how you say Henry's last name. Mission Impossible. Yay. Critics were mixed on the <laughs> film. They generally liked the action sequences, the direction, and Tom Cruise, but did not care for the convoluted plot. That, that's Idiots. reasonable. Also, <laughs> cast members from the original Mission Impossible TV series hated it, with one of the actors apparently walking out of the theater before it was over due to, I guess, Jim being a traitor. They didn't like... They thought it was a little bit convoluted, and they didn't like the twists and turns. But it's a spy movie. I think I think they were more attached to the idea that like the good guys are good guys and the bad guys are bad guys, and then it was like this guy's a traitor, and all of the people are dead. I don't know. Was that team based off like the original, like the original? Uh, like, is there, like, a gym in in the show? I don't think so, like, but I think they were, like, this but similar this wasn't the, the show. But this wasn't what so they signed. They signed up for a, heart, a heartwarming heist squad family. Yeah. And then I think they all so. die within the first 20 minutes. I yeah. think that was the okay. issue. But I was going through in the first little bit, and I'm like, one of you is a traitor. At least one of you is dying at the hands of the traitor. Yeah. So, was also everyone like, had to be me, and then they would have been fine. I was going to say, this. this could be from just watching the movie decades after it was originally made, but the twists and turns, like, were they really that twisty? They also weren't that much compared movie? to, like, modern day Mission Impossible. Right. But I was just Grow like, up! <laughs> So apparently... Get good! <laughs> apparently the original Mission Impossible was more of a mind game. And the, said one of them says, quote, The ideal mission was getting in and getting out with anyone, without anyone ever knowing we were there. So the whole texture changed. Why volunteer to essentially have our characters commit suicide? Okay, I mean, I can see that. Because there is joy in the just get in, get out without being seen. Versus... <laughs> what this was, which was like national security, I have to clear my name. But I guess coming into right. this without that expectation, it was fine as it was. Because it yeah. was just so very extra that it fit it fit yeah. the was, stakes was it was going of, for. I mean, we can talk about it in a minute. Yeah. But I was also, I guess I, I understand that. I was kind of hoping it would be a little bit more like Ocean's Eleven-y than it was okay. being. Okay, And because I did, of the two movies, I like that one better. Spoiler, we'll talk about it. Because okay. <laughs> those are the two I think that are closest as yeah. far as like movies that we've watched. Right. So anyways, in case it's been a while since you've seen it, Mission Impossible is the story of Ethan Hunt, 
an American spy doing American spy stuff for the IMF or Impossible Missions Force. <laughs> Team leader Jim Phelps has a case for them in Prague to stop a rogue agent from stealing the CIA's knock list, which will unmask all of the undercover agents abroad. However, the mission is a trap designed to weed out a mole inside the IMF. And one by one, the agents are killed off, except for Ethan, which looks bad for him. <laughs> he escapes capture and contacts Max, an arms dealer who is supposedly working with the mole, codename Job. They strike a deal. Ethan will obtain the knock list for Max, while Max will give Ethan Job so he can avenge his team's deaths, I guess. Some crosses and double crosses ensue. Some laser air conditioning, an explosive chewing gum, and a tense drop of sweat or two. It's Mission Impossible. I think I have seen clips from when he's in the little, is it the black room? Is that what they call it? The the Where bank he's vault thing. The files and, and he's, he's like doing, doing the classic mission impossible. Yeah, because that's that's the hallmark of this movie. Yeah. That's the yeah. It's a very good scene because it's I was incredible. So much more stressed out than I thought I would be having seen this movie once before and like knowing it's Mission Impossible. This is the gimmick. This is the first. This is this is the Mission Impossible gimmick, but I was just like sweating the whole time. I was so stressed out. And you can't sweat because if you drop, you can't you sweat because it'll drop, and then, and then everything's the bad. Yeah, I do think it's funny though that they're like, you can't sweat. This bead of liquid on a condensation-y cup fell. This and condensation off, from yeah, the cup, yeah, and it set off an alarm. Yeah, and things are bad, and you gotta be. And then this man just like hurls in garbage. He's fine. Continuity error. And then I was like, I know that there's like a temperature device so that it's it's always just one person in the room. Yeah. But sometimes when you're ill, your temperature spikes yeah. a few degrees. And that didn't yeah. do anything. And, then I was and he was like actively looking unwell. Right. And just, that's fine. And I was like, no technology in the world is going to be good at this. Like, I'm sure they have false alarms in this room eight times a day because of how technology <laughs> Just like a bug lands. Right. Exactly. A bug. A mouse. Such as the Condensation one Condensation from in... the air conditioner. <laughs> or... Yeah. It's not that, but related to that, I was saying how funny it was that when Ethan's like, here's why it's an impossible mission. Because you got to get into this room and you need this and this to do it. But that's just an entry thing. Then you got to get into this room and you need this and this to do it. And he was like, you need a retinal scan and you need like a double sided magnetized key card. And he's like, which we don't have. You don't have the eyes, Ethan. (laughs) I feel like the witch implied to all of the things that he needed. No, no. I feel like it definitely was about the key card. And I'm like, listen, I'm having a ball. I'm having fun. This is like a fun criticism. This is not me being serious. But I do think it's funny that he's like, we don't have the key card. And I'm like, the key card you can steal and or duplicate. The man's eyes might be a little bit harder. But I thought the key card was specifically to stop the emergency thing from going off. No, you had to go in. It was a lock. You do a retinal scan. You scan the thing, then you go in. I thought it was a. You literally watched it this afternoon. And then, but like, and then. No, he has to like go in. He has to be like, "This is my name," and then like enter buttons. buttons. And then he goes into the the other room, and then he has a retinal scan and like a pass thing, and then he goes into the room with the computer. Such a stupid room. What does he do all day? He just sits there in his weird chair and 
Is he the only person who works there? What do any of us do for work? That's, I mean, okay, you've got a point. (laughs) But he's like the only person with clearance for that room, and it feels like perhaps you should have more than the one. That's just a side note. I also like. What if he's out sick for being poisoned? Yeah. I also like that when he discovered what had happened, and the people were like, he's the only one who knows, and we gotta keep this under wraps. They're like, I want him man in like, Alaska. In Alaska. And I'm like, yes, but like, why not just be like, we're dealing with terrorists. Just lie to him. <laughs> like, you do it all the time. Just get, just deal with it for like a couple days and tell this man not to tell anyone. Like, I don't, mm. I don't know. It seemed funny to me. But again, he was like, which we don't have. You don't have the eyes. The intelligence agency as a whole isn't that good <laughs> like like what's the kittredge kittredge was like oh it's you because you're the only survivor which like to be fair looks very bad for ethan and is a solid chain of logic but i feel like a high-ranking operative could be perhaps operating at levels of logic the movie itself operates at which is like tom cruise is under the mask like at the end when he's got the he's got he's got a lot of gym, masks when he's Jim yeah which is fun because they do masks later in the movies I know I had I like had not seen one two or three and so I just thought for some reason that the masks because they were always so realistic and clearly just the actual actor yeah. um, not a legitimate mask I I just thought that came later to the series so when nice. I had the masks I was like oh. This is this is classic. And it was this good is original. From the start. Yeah. And then I also love. I know that Claire was deep covert, but when she went into the headquarters at Langley to do like the coffee and the and the tracker thing, yeah. like she didn't wear a wig or no. color contacts. Like surely you have worked with some of these people before. You would be like, hey Claire, <laughs> or you'd like accidentally see Kittredge in the hallway or something. Like almost happened on the train because you didn't know he was going to be there. It was just humorous. But all of these these nitpicks are said with love and fun because like the like the internal logic of the movie and the way it sets all these obstacles up is, is just it's just a good time. Yeah, all like my it makes sense while you're watching. Me, it. Like it's fun. I'm smiling while I say right. it. I'm having right. a ball. I think the action scenes are really good. Uh, the music is baller. Mission Impossible theme is a total banger. Total yeah. banger. Total banger. Yeah. Um. I mean, so. I guess seeing it for the first time, we all sort of know my thoughts on action movies at this point. Yeah. There's too, too much, much action. There's yeah. too much action. Um, I don't know that this one necessarily had too much action. Um, like, usually, too, in action movies, the plots are often kind of confusing and jumbled to the point of incoherence, which isn't exactly what happened here, but there were a lot of, like, deaths that weren't actually deaths and betrayals and things that added up to something a little bit difficult for me to follow. But I will say, I do tend to like Tom Cruise as an action actor. I did see one of the other Mission Impossibles. I think it was Ghost Protocol. We went through this last time. I think it was Ghost Protocol. Ghost I don't remember. Very good. Um, I enjoyed him in that. I enjoyed him in Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He does... Did they have the thing where he's climbing the outside of the building? Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Just, just an absolute... Just, my balls were sweating so much. Which I think is what's great about the Mission Impossible movies that like I think... Their action scenes make me so uncomfortable that yeah. it's like, and Tom and Tom Cruise just does. He's those doing things. them. Like yeah. from what I understand, Scientology is not a great person, but he'll but 
he is charismatic in these movies. Charismatic. He, and he commits. Really, he commits to his roles. He commits yeah. to his roles, and he just and people are like, Tom, you don't have to do this. And he's like, No, I want to. I want to yeah. scale the Khalifa. Baj Khalifa. Baj Khalifa. Thank you. I didn't know what it was called. The Baj Khalifa, and it's like I was like, Okay, but like the big tower. <laughs> And it's like, it's cool. I don't know how much of the stunts he did in the first one. I mean, I assume he did probably yeah. all of them. But like, there are know. fewer. It, they are less crazy than in the later movies. Yeah. How like the helicopter thing works. Um, but like, he's he's in it to win it, you know? Also, yeah. I appreciate that like, I love a good action scene, but I also like that sometimes their big action scene is a man scaling a building. Right, and, like, it's and a that's it. Movie that's thing. it. But it's just but like, like your heart is racing and your palms are sweating. Oh my god, oh my god. No, Jesus and Christ. It, they do a good job, and it doesn't yeah. have to be this big dramatic car chase. No. Have you seen the Bourne movies? I have. Okay, we've talked about this. I think every couple of months I'm like, wait, action, <laughs> has has David seen this? And then you're always like, yes. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a dumb good time. <laughs> Rude. No, I mean that. I mean that lovingly. Also, like it's not. It wasn't a movie that I sat down to and was like, "This is going to be an intellectual thriller." That I don't know is also really slow and artsy. Like, no, I knew what I was getting into, um, and it's not really my kind of movie. But there was a lot of charm to it. Also, like being from the 90s yeah like the cell phones and the laptops yes. and anyone oh, anytime anybody is on or talks about the internet yeah. like it was really funny to see such a technologically driven movie relying on such outdated tech yeah. max at job 314 <laughs> <laughs> like, this is how email works yeah this is how it this is this is yeah. how it works and like that was high tech for 96 yeah. i asked my parents and they were like oh yeah this yeah. is big. And I was like, what? Which, yeah. like, I know this because I ask it every, like, when I watch Jurassic Park, I'm like, yeah. this was high tech. And they're like, oh, yeah. With all the, like, grainy little boxes. Yeah. That she's like, here's the code, here's the doors. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Even it's just, like. And it's, like, transmittal in process. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Even having, yeah. like, tiny cameras that show up on the laptop screen. You yeah. can see where everybody is. Um. Not sure why <laughs> when Jack, was his name Jack? I don't know any of the characters' names in this movie. We're just they gonna, all died immediately. Because they all died immediately. But yeah. Jack... Jack is the, the elevator guy, guy, guy who dies in the elevator, yeah. yeah. But like, wouldn't the guy in the elevator be covered in Jack's blood from him getting impaled? Because they had like the little yeah. grate on top of it. I was... Well, there was also, and I know this is for the movie, like a stage whisper, but he was like, bah, 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 like right on top of yeah. the elevator. And I was like, the guy can hear you. Surely the man can hear. Yeah, yeah. that probably should have happened. But maybe, Probably, you know, he was stabbed this way, all the blood just It's true. <laughs> Didn't it go straight into an eye socket? It was like mouth? slightly off okay. on the side of the yeah. face. It was yeah. like right there. It was very sudden and I flinched and I did not wish to see it I again didn't expect because... them to do it because yeah. I feel like usually people don't unless it's like a scary movie where you're expecting a certain degree yeah. of gore. Um, I wasn't. And so I was just like, oh. And again, though, I think sometimes my problem with things is that they don't look real. So his face suddenly like had like a little bit of a bounce to it because it wasn't actually a person. Because they and didn't have a like, person for the role. Ooh. 
it bounced. Gross. <laughs> 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 Not the impaling, just like, that's, why did his skin do that? That's what Jim thought as he pressed the kill button. Like, ew, it bounced. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, Jim uh, and I had that in common. Yeah. The first thing that shows up on the DVD when you hit play is it has the the title before the title card even. It's like rated PG thirteen for some intense action violence, <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was, action violence is fun. That yeah. was intense. It was a, that was an intense piece of action violence, just impaling that guy's face. I, I, I don't know. It was. Like I said earlier, of the movies of this era and sort of genre, I think I definitely liked um, Ocean's Eleven more. Just less action in that one. There was less action, but also um, the plot was a little more straightforward. And there's a twist to it. It's like all these things happen, but haha, it was actually our team all along. Um, but the twist wasn't like prolonged and sort of like you thought it was this person, but really it's this other person who was dead, but now they're not dead. And it's now, a spy thriller. But now it's actually Ethan wearing the guy's face, but he's still not dead. He came out of the. I don't know. He apparently was just waiting in that locker while he saw himself sitting. Because he's right in front of that locker. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, maybe he took it's a nap. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's been a stressful few days. Yeah. Had to fall into a river. Yeah. Had to, had to shoot to himself. Shot. Had to yep. pretend to shoot himself, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I would probably... I would have this movie on in the background and be happy that it was there. <laughs> okay. That's fair. No, but, that's like, reasonable. I don't know that I would sit down... Like I did this afternoon, and be like, "All right, I've got two hours <laughs> before I need to take a shower and get ready for Allie and Kristen to come over." <laughs> I'm just gonna pound this movie out, and like, I don't know that I would do that again. But if it were like on in the background, and I were in the same room, I'd probably I'd look up and be like, "Oh yeah, we're doing Ooh, some spy stuff." Like I wouldn't like It'd because be like, I would, yeah because I wouldn't have to like try and follow the plot okay. if. If that part were removed, and it were just like, if it were actually in this case, I think if it were just the action sequences mm-hmm. and the fun soundtrack, I would be much happier with it than if I were trying to like follow what was trying to occur. I'm with that, if only because I had to pause and think about the speech Kittredge gave in the beginning at the cafe where he was like, oh, so a Jacques operative named Max did this, and then Golitsyn did this, and then Ethan was putting all the pieces together, like, it's a mole hunt. Golitsyn was one of your guys, and I had to pause and be like, okay, so what? I, I did benefits? that as well. I, I had the who I benefits. Just, yeah, I, I make notes while I watch them by myself, and I had a lot of, like, pauses. Okay, what exactly is happening yeah. He's searching Max.com now. <laughs> the, the twists aren't quite as clean as, like, they could be. Yeah. Like, I think the the Job 314 sees a Bible joke through. Like, I think that's a really clean, good realization kind of a twist. Then I couldn't follow up anything he was doing after that. To Just, like, like, emailing all right. the different people. He was, like, checking Reddit. I don't know. Like, his yeah. version of Reddit. And yeah. That's basically what Usenet was. The man from Uncle. It's a good movie. How would David feel about The Man from Uncle? Better than Mission Impossible. Better than Mission Impossible. Yeah. 
You should watch The Man. We should from watch Uncle. The Man from Uncle because it's really good. Rockin' soundtrack, just like this one. Twists are a little bit cleaner. The plot is a little bit easier to follow. Every time it's on TV, my mom turns it on. Yeah. And she really likes the damn. My jacket was in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's more funny when you see it. It's funny it. if you <laughs> see it in context. I, I would have to assume so. <laughs> I really like You're gonna see it be like, Right. You're going to see it and be like, oof, less funny with context. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, I'm sorry. Let's talk about the personality quiz really quick. Okay, okay wait, continue your thing. <laughs> continue, David's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You did. I didn't. It's fine. Where did I save my thing? I saved mine. Good, Hang who on, are library? you? I am... Screenshots. Alan Hunley, a man we don't meet until I think the sixth one. <laughs> Great. It says we all need an Alan Hunley to make sure we don't. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> to make sure we don't get led too astray. You have that ability to help guide people along the correct path. Make sure not to get too hung up in what you believe to be right and or true that you miss important details. I'm Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Okay, I have seen at least one movie with him in it. Wait, what's Like that? a Mission Impossible movie with him in it. Read that last sentence again. Make sure not to get too hung up in what you believe to be right and or true that you miss important details. Like don't, like don't subscribe to an idea before you have all the information is what I'm reading there. Yeah, don't be too you know, like, this is correct! Then they're like ignoring the details if, that are like, bro, If anybody's like, correct. hey, this contradicts what you think, then he'll just find a way to make the facts fit his conclusion rather than the other way around. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. That's my whole MO. Yeah. Okay. Why would I take other bits of information into consideration? I'm always right. So, according to your bio, you should maybe scale back on that a little bit. No. That's information I choose to ignore. <laughs> Your selective intake. Yeah. Yeah. Who did you get? I got Ilsa Faust, who we also don't meet in the first Mission Impossible. Great. Maybe you're quiet, but it's not for lack of anything to say. Rather, you're strong and intelligent and constantly analyzing situations to decide what to do next. Don't get so caught up in your head that you don't let others know what you're thinking and how you're feeling. There's me. There you are. Ilsa. Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. From what I remember, she's cool in the movies that I've seen her in. Like the I think so. Ones. I don't remember. The thing is, we meet her in five, which I never remember anything about. <laughs> I've seen multiple Mission Impossible, and I can't remember... I, I, I can't remember the key players, except for who David got, because I saw his screen earlier when I got it. I, I know. And at one point, Day. she had a nice hat. She did have a nice hat. And she wore a yellow dress at some point. I think she did. I'm just remembering clothing, because yeah. I was going to say, I think she had a good jacket. 
I feel really bad that we're talking about like the man from Uncle, and I was like, well, Alicia Vikander's hair, and now we're like, we remember this female character because of the fetching outfits that she wore. No, it's a bummer. I just said I don't remember anything of mine, <laughs> but she stands. I out. just feel like it needs to be acknowledged. I seem to remember seeing a tweet recently where somebody had complained that the Mission Impossible, like the whole franchise, doesn't really have. Aside from, like, memorable action sequences, it doesn't really have any memorable bits of dialogue and or characters. And somebody was like, no, Ilsa Faust is, like, one of the best, like, female action protagonists of recent memory. And I was like, I don't know who that is, but... That's me. I'm one of the best female action protagonists in recent memory. I'm Alan Hawking. And I'm Julia Mead. Who is also not in... I don't know why we took do this quiz. They do, but I don't have it. Okay, I can show you go back, is. because I don't know who this is. Julia Mead, Mission Impossible. Impossible. Call me This one. Julia Mead. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey. I know of her. Yeah. Okay. Would you consider her and or me soft and compassionate? You're basically the human equivalent of cozying up next to the fireplace with a hot drink. You're loyal and have the drive to serve others, but don't let that urge burn you out. Focusing on your well-being is important, too. I haven't seen the movie she's in. (laughs) I have. Okay. So I know who she is in the context of the movies, and that is the the only reason I remember who she is. (laughs) I mean, also, like, when you said that it doesn't have many memorable things, um, they're not wrong in that only recently I saw a thing that was like, hey, what's the guy's name in Mission Impossible? And I was like, um, Tom Cruise? <laughs> Tommy? <laughs> Cruisey boy? Tommy C? <laughs> and I, I, someone oh, else had so to say funny. Ethan, and I was like, Ethan, yes! And they were like, what's his last name? And I'm like, hmm? <laughs> Tommy? <laughs> like, wonderful, good times. Yeah. Love an action thriller heist spy thing. Um, I don't know people's names. I don't. Like, even Simon Pegg, who's been in a few. I'm just like, I call him Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg. Yeah, like, I was really excited for Simon Pegg to be in this one. And then no, I, he's not. Pegg. He's in, like, most of them, but not. I don't know when he first three to comes seven. through. I haven't seen two or three. They have not know. come out with seven. It's coming out this summer. But he's in it, I think. I think so. Yeah. So that's he's catching. He's, he's filmed it to confirm this. Also, I often confuse him with his role in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is like basically the same. Yeah. Um. Um. But I can't hold it against. Like I have a hard time holding it against Mission Impossible. Like like. Other action movies, I'm so annoyed because the action scenes are really long and I can't remember anyone's name, but this one has its action stunt sequences are actually very good and clearly a passion project of some sort of Tom Cruise's. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that carries through. It carries through. That personality carries through. He takes it very seriously. I remember, what was it, like... A year or two ago when they were filming the seventh one, uh, there was a video of him like yelling at someone on set, but it was because they like didn't have a mask on while they were filming, and it was some crew person, and he made a point of being like, 
no, this is this is like a team collective group effort here. We are all trying to make this movie. If people get sick, that affects a lot of different things. And like not only the people who get sick, but all these other things. Like you can tell he's taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, people were like, maybe yell a little less. But like He's, he's he's committed to it. From what I understand, the people were... Like, Simon Pegg has come out and been like, Tom Cruise helped me through a really hard time in my life. Or something something in that vein. And so I like to think that Tom Cruise has calmed down over the years as far as Scientology goes. I know that's kind of his legacy. But I think, I think he's... I think... I hope he's a good person. I hope That's so. Because I really enjoy him in these movies. And I love his vigor. His vigor for stunts. His vigor for life. Yeah. Like, despite not remembering his main character's name, he brings so much to the movies. And that is enough for me. It cements Mission Impossible as, like, a really good action franchise that I want to watch again from time to time. Sorry, I, I was just thinking, like, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes' daughter, how old is she? <laughs> She's going to be 17. I actually thought she was going to be older. No! Okay. I did too, but... She looks just like both of them. Show me. And I tried not to be weird about, like, celebrity children, because they are entitled to their privacy. They didn't choose their parents' things. Why like does she look them. exactly like each of her parents yeah. at once at the same time? It's like the perfect combination of genes. Yeah. It's not you like a split like, oh, you have this parent's eyes, but this parent's mouth or whatever. You couldn't design a better, a better combination of people. She looks a little like Tom Cruise. I don't know. Her face is exactly the same as Tom Cruise's, but then it's also exactly the same as Katie Holmes. Yeah. It's just the same as both. I'm going to look at Katie Holmes. She looks more like Katie Holmes. It's just sorry, strange. podcast audience. Just just Google a picture of 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 seventeen year old. What is her name? Surrey. Surrey. Surrey Cruz. She will be seventeen. She's currently no. She is seventeen. Okay. I'm sorry, Surrey. You didn't ask for this attention. <gasps> I'm sorry, Surrey. Yeah, we didn't. We don't condone creeping on celebrity children here. I always, my biggest thing though is that like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, I always just want to be like, or like, any celebrity child, yeah. I'm always just like, I want to know the name. That's all, because I like to know a baby name. But like, th- beyond that, I support privacy. Your privacy and everything you do to like shield your child from this. Just tell me the name. <laughs> That's all I want to know. <laughs> We still don't know Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds' fourth child, gender or name. That kid was born in, like, February. And, right, I sit here and I'm like, good for them. I'm happy that they've been able to keep this secret. I want to (laughs) know. Okay. Weird, but okay. I like to know names. You know who keeps a good secret? Tommy C. But also Luther. Luther's a bro. Let's talk about Luther for a second. Who's Luther? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Luther's the hacker. the hacker. Oh, 
yeah, you're the okay. second team. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the second in multiple team. movies. Yeah, he's a Mario. You're here. I know you. Yeah. Well, but I don't know people's names. Because I was like, oh, they're getting their like new team together, like yeah. the found family team after yeah. after Tommy C's um, <laughs> trauma. And then I was like, who is this Krieger person? I don't remember this person. I was like, oh, he must die. I had forgotten he was like a bad guy, even though. And but then he's doesn't take the mission as seriously as the others. And I was like, oh, so you're either going to die or there's going to be some kind of plot. Like, you're not here to stay. I can tell by the vibes that you're not here to stay anymore. The thing is, I thought I remembered him from a later movie where they were just like, ah, you again. So I was like, oh, he must be kind of like a one and done. Like, he's here just for this movie and then he's out for... He goes on to do other spy things. Um, So I did not anticipate him being... He goes on to do other great spy things in the Great Spy Scout. That's where I did go suspect Jim, though. Oh, yeah, the whole, the whole time. white man. This is like marrying a very attractive younger woman yes. who's very into Tommy C. Yes. That was just like, the, these vibes are very strange. Um, if you're alive, it means that Jim is alive, and Tommy C should have just kicked you out. When you showed up, yeah, at the safe house, or at least been like, not I don't hold on. Like I know we just said that the logic was flawed and that the uh, people were like it was a mole hunt and you're still alive. You must be the mole. And he was like, no, I'm not. But like I feel like part of his brain should have been like, it was a mole hunt and she's still and alive. Like that. Like hmm. Like. <laughs> Am I being a hypocrite? Yes, absolutely. However, <laughs> yes, David. Jean Reno, the guy who uh, plays Krieger, yeah, does the voice of Mufasa in the French dub of The Lion King. Good for him. Good for him. What What more could you want, Krieger and Mufasa? <laughs> there you, there you Incredible go. Incredible legacy. Yeah. I'm looking at some of the other things that he's done. That's the most exciting. He was also in one of the Godzilla movies. And the Pink Panther. Uh, the person who played Claire looked a lot like a girl in some teen movie that came out in, I don't know, like 2010, maybe. And I was like, oh my god, is that the same person? And I had to be like, no, because this is like 15 <laughs> years before that. And um, I would hope that they wouldn't have a woman who would then be 45 playing like an 18-year-old. Yep. It's not her. Okay. It's she not But I did mean her. to look up if they were related. She's mostly a French actress in French films. A French her. actress in French films? Yeah. Yeah, Mission Impossible is like one of her... One of the only ones that doesn't appear to have a French director. What's her name again? Emmanuel Bayard. Yeah, no. That's not this girl. I didn't know if they had like the same yeah, last person. name. I'm trying to get a good picture of her to show up. Yeah, she was really nothing, wasn't she? Like, just like very similar. Yeah, they are similar, but clearly not the same. Clearly not the same, not but the similar same enough that I was like, "You guys related?" Is this a Julia and Emma Roberts situation? Mm. No. Mm. Not to my knowledge. When Jeff was first watching 
Harry Potter and the what's the fifth one? No. Order of the Phoenix. Phoenix. There we go. Yep. Uh, and Ginny Weasley showed up. He yeah. paused the movie, found his phone, had typed out a text to me asking why I was in Harry Potter 5 Order of the Phoenix before he realized it wasn't me because he thought Ginny Weasley was me. He did not genuinely think that you no, were No, he the did. Movie. Ask him. But... You would have been like, bye guys, I'm going to go <laughs> like I would have said But look, he just panicked. He didn't know. Ask him. The thing is, every, I think you've said then. this before. Yeah. And every time I think it, I'm like, you don't look like her. And then people pull up a picture and I'm like, oh, right, I guess yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. Suspicious. I'm like, ooh, face. Is this a Julia and Emma situation? Yeah. No way. Helly Koontz. Bonnie Wright. Sisters right there, mister. <laughs> right there. She was engaged to the person who played Grindelwald. <laughs> Grindelwald. I did think you were just going to stop it. She was engaged. <laughs> Take your glasses off. Yeah, there's some similarities. Yeah. All right. I can see it. Yeah. 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 You just, that's just a fun, hey, this person looks like this other person's story. Centering me, the most important person in the universe. Hallie was Ginny Weasley. Yeah, that was me. There you go. I was Ginny Weasley. I do not condone J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Just throw (laughs) that out there. (laughs) This is not a turf friendly place. It is not. It is not. Money makes you insane. Were we talking about Luther? Luther, because he's the best. Yeah, so Luther's he does continue through the through the franchise. Yeah. And he's just like, I would trust Luther with I the knock I would trust him. You know, I'd be like, yeah. Take the knock list. Trust you with my life, buddy. He was just like, yeah, I will do this highly illegal thing. Yeah. Like, like not just like illegal, illegal. Like, like, I will hack into this impossible to hack room in the center of Langley, in the center of the CIA headquarters to get this yeah. thing and then I will just not leak it no because he's a baller and he's a good guy yeah 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 he didn't if he would have known what the project was wouldn't he wouldn't have, have done it he wouldn't have done it yeah. that's why he's trustworthy apparently so <laughs> apparently so <laughs> yeah he's great and then he he conquered the Mount Everest of hacks yes I Such did a good like line. how when they had to be super quiet, everybody was whispering. Even though he wasn't in was the like, room. Right, and it was just like a little ear thing. Yeah. And unless he's outright shouting, yeah. like the audio things would not pick that up. But I like that he was like, seven, zero. You can't pick up whispers. But he was whispering. <laughs> and I liked it. Yeah. It was nice. <laughs> he's a good noodle. He's a good noodle. I'm, uh, I'm looking at my notes from that scene. And uh, it says, Ethan does some acrobatics, access the terminal. Krieger has a real rough time in the duct. A rat! <laughs> I hope he comes to teach Krieger how to cook. <laughs> and then the rat died, and I was upset. Yeah, the rat stressed me out. I don't, just the whole scene stressed me out, because I was like, I just gotta hold that thing. He's shaking with the effort. And it's just, it just, it was a lot. I didn't understand why you were so alarmed by the rat. Because, <laughs> like, just, uh, it's fine. In case it, like... I don't 
really understand what the Crawls rat was doing up in the ducts. Like, just hit it's it. not food. It just looks very it. clean, like very surprisingly clean. It was just scurrying. That's its home. It keeps it clean. Yeah. yeah. It knew he had guests coming. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be prepared. Gotta be prepared. Yeah. How did you feel about the ending of the movie? I felt it was a little anticlimactic. How I could have gone for some explosions. That could have been fun. But the helicopter exploded. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, was a, there were more. a lot of explosions in the tunnel. For that some was reason, a great I was just sequence. imagining um, the train and the reveal, and then it ended. <laughs> yeah. It was all about being on the, the outside of the train, the helicopter. Which is like such a crash. Because it would be very harrowing to be doing that, and I liked that they they realistically displayed how it would be to be on a moving train, like yeah. a, like a bullet train. But it looks so funny while they're just like slowly crawling across the top. Yeah, and then it's just a really good action scene. And then you have the, the tunnel, and so helicopters yeah. gotta dip down. It's great. Which like was good, I guess, that he did it. But I was like, I wanted I wanted to see you hit the thing. <laughs> Why didn't? You <laughs> and then it would have been fun. Um, so were we talking about the resolution or the actual ending ending? I was talking about the actual ending, which Where he's on the like, plane and... Well, the, bef- the scene before that where... He's with it, Luther. It sort of felt like the end of a Law and Order episode where <laughs> in the last 30 seconds yeah. they have like, they've got to walk down the hall and be like, well, good thing that person's in jail and we cleaned we everything this. up. <laughs> I don't know, the tone of that ending was right for what the movie wants to be, though. Like, it was uh, like, Luther like, gets off the disavowed list, yeah. Ethan's parents get an apology from the DEA, then he gets the the secret message about a mission in Aruba, I guess. See, that part know. upsets me a little bit, if only because I just want Ethan Hunt to rest. Like, it's so soon after he's like, I'm gonna go home. The thing is, I don't even necessarily want him to rest, because I'm like, this is your job, man, as a spy, this is what you do. But I sit there and I think, like, but I would be so tired. (laughs) And if someone was like, I have another mission for you, I'd be like, literally give me a five-hour nap first. I can't can't do it. That's the least you could do. I am on my flight home. Do not do this to me. I think it's also, like, as the Mission Impossible movies progress... Ethan Hunt just needs a nap more and more and more and more and survives increasingly improbable things. And it is so stressful to watch. And there's, there's one, was it five or six? I can't remember. But there's one where he just like, no, I don't need medical attention. And I was like, yes, you fucking do. Six. Six. It's in, it's in like the cold mountains. No, it's five. Okay. It's in the cold mountains. And because Ilsa has a because and, this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like the thing is, there's there's like an actual hospital setting in that yeah. in that area where there's like a, there's like a pop up clinic, yeah. and I was like, what if you just went to the pop up clinic and let them treat no. you? But he doesn't do that because he has more planes to jump onto and then off yes. of. Yeah. So it upsets me deeply see what i think is fun and it seems to do it to a lesser degree than what the fast and furious movies seem to do but i love when movies just get ridiculous absolutely so kind of like how all the things for fast and furious these days show like cars jumping off of cliffs and a giant magnet connects them to a helicopter (laughs) that's like swinging around something it's like give it to me and i'm like yeah this is what i'm here injected in my veins i love that they just like keep slightly enough that even though it enters like 
ridiculous territory, it's not as ridiculous as Fast and the Furious, but they just keep, like, slightly elevating They it. do it right, you know? They add just a little yeah. bit more sugar at each time. They're just having, right. a, having a little bit of fun. So I was watching this, and I'm like, oh. Oh, this is where it all begins, and it just grows from here. Yeah. I gotta watch it Until he's scaling the Taj Khalifa. While singing <laughs> that song. He sings the song. To calm his nerves. <laughs> he drops a glove. It's very stressful. My palms sweat. I was hyperventilating. Watch me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go think... watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Ethan has a home? Hey, maybe you should watch other movies. Maybe you should watch other Mission Impossible movies before you ask questions this one doesn't answer, David. Maybe you should see this as a question that maybe the movie could answer in future movies. Maybe you should watch the movie that your character is in. The character that you are. Maybe, David. Maybe, (laughs) Maybe, David. You should... We should watch number six. Number six. Henry Cavill and his shirt pocket. <laughs> I forgot he was in that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he like reloads his arms. <laughs> and the pocket appears. Have you seen that? The gift? I'll find it. I have, I have not. What? Whatever gift you're talking about. <laughs> Hold on. I forgot how to spell mission. And I started to spell it like Michigan. <laughs> I was like, M I C H I N. That's not right. Mission. <laughs> mission. L O L. When I say it, I'm thinking specifically of the scene. It's L O L. That stirring response that really shows what a deep connection these two have. He reloads his arms and his shirt pocket appears. (laughs) Show it to me. I want to see it again. There he is. There it is. It's great. We should watch that one. Your character's in. Not that one. <laughs> okay. Your character's in a different one. Both? We should watch the second one. <laughs> okay. We could do that. I'm uh, I'm down for that. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm also happy that it's, this is one of those franchises where I'm like, oh, they're making another Mission Impossible? Great. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Because there's not that much pressure to remember the plot. No. Or the things that happen. And it's not like the, it's not like the movies don't have continuity or they feed have, into each other. I'm sure they, totally they do, do. But like, the thing is that, yeah, I saw four without having seen Any one through three. Yeah. I was, was fine. fine. Yeah. And then I saw that and was like, oh, that's cool. That's a Would reference. This is maybe not just Mission Impossible specific mm -hmm. and maybe more like action franchise. Yeah. Just if they just made a compilation of stunts and jokes, <laughs> would you prefer that no. than if it was strung together with some sort of like no. loose and nonsense well, plot? No, because I need, need the loose and nonsense You need plot. breathing room. But you, you need, need the breathing stunts. room and you need the ridiculous thing of like, we have to break into the Pentagon. Right. <laughs> and, and you need the, like, we're a family. <laughs> like, you need, you need that. The, we're a family. And you need the, like, the retinal skin. Yeah, the you double need sided magnetized part. Like, it's all part of the experience. Don't have. Like, but if, I, they, if they just, like, had a scene that was, like, now we're gonna need this guy's eyes or his card like, or both. And, like... No, because... And then they had, like, a funny, like, musical interlude, and then it was like, here's the next thing that we... Yeah, here's the next thing we got. makes it that much more... You appreciate them that much yeah. more. And also, there was once a movie I tried to watch. I thought, what's it called? Like, Underground 6? Six? 6 Underground? Something like that. Okay. It's on Netflix. And um, the first literally, like, 25 minutes are one car chase too long we stopped the movie because Fair. we were like this is too much i think finally it ended but we were like ah. i'm exhausted exhausting we, this is a family who enjoys like an action movie yeah. ridiculousness all these yeah. things and it went on so long and we were like no we're done here and so we stopped the movie mm -hmm. and we watched something else because no, David. It's not just the action I and the quips. And it's not. And is that David? You've asked another dumb question. <laughs> and it's like, how dare you? It's like the like this. The movie walks walks the campy cheesy line mm -hmm. so well, where it's like, yes, I can take this plot part seriously because yeah. that is the plot of the movie. This is my breathing room. This is the bones holding it up. But it's also yeah. like. I know they're weak bones and that's fine. That's okay because it's like, I feel like like some sort of silly musical transition interlude would cheapen it. Yes. Yes. And I love spy stuff. And and you need you need the drama, you need the espionage, Even and then when silly. someone inevitably turns on someone else, so you like need you, the other scenes where they're like, we're a family to make it yeah, matter. You, you need, need the to movie to treat that part seriously. Yes. And I don't like when people can't appreciate a little bit of cheese. A little like, bit of I'm cheese. I'm not saying that you have to be like, cheesy movie, movies are my favorite. No. But when people are like, it's cheesy, I'm like... Yeah, that's part of its charm. This movie clearly calls for cheese, is the thing. Like, there are other action movies I could watch where I'm like, oh, it's not walking the line very well. Pick one. Either you're full comedy or you're full serious or whatever. But, like, this one, the tone is just so good. And it's, I think it's just because, like, it has comedic moments, but it's not necessarily trying to be trying a Trying to be funny. It's, it's just, just like, trying like, to, like, have a good time. Yeah. 
And I'm just here to have a good time. It's we like, all need more whimsy. We need more whimsy, whimsy David. David, where's your sense of whimsy? I got, I got a little bit of whimsy. Hmm. I mean, sometimes. With a fool of I me. Think, I, think, <laughs> I think if the movie were campier, I would have enjoyed it more. Mm. I don't think... It had to lean into it a little bit more I think for it you? Had to lean I think into it could it stand to lean more. into it a little bit more. Yeah. See, I was thinking about, like, do you watch any, like, martial arts movies? I know I have in the past, but um, not, like, like regular. It's like, not, like, my thing. No. Okay. Maybe that maybe that will go on the short list for, uh, for my next pick. Because there's, there's one that, um, there's a few that star uh, this guy named Tony Ja, and his whole thing is he just is an incredible martial artist. He'll do things like do a backflip and kick out a streetlight. God, that's just so like, sick. It's just like, like how do you have a jump that high that's also a flippy kick? Like, yeah. that's his that's his thing. That's and there'll be, thing. like, really long, like, unbroken, you know, six, seven-minute shots of him just, like, fighting people. Fight. And, like... I would love that. Yeah, each, each different, um, like, piece of the action is loosely sometimes related to a plot but it's just like bad guy did bad thing <laughs> and then he's gonna go and like beat up, all of the, beat up all of the yeah. henchmen and it's like it's sort of like a side scroller beat em up oh video game yes. a lot of the time it's just like now we've moved on to the next people oh there's guys on rollerblades gonna fight them and like that's kind of the movie like they're there's a little bit more of a plot, but there's not much. Okay. And I don't know. I'm curious how you would feel about something Yeah, like write that. that down for your selection. I'll think about it. Okay. I want to watch some karate beat-em-uppers. I'll think about it. Yeah. That's what they call themselves, beat-em-uppers. Beat-em-uppers. Yep. Are there more things that we should talk about uh, about this? I did have a question that has nothing to do with the movie. I'm ready. Yeah. But does... But is it stupid? Maybe... Uh, I mean, okay. who knows? I haven't had a very good track record tonight. Um, so... I was on Twitter today, and I saw something about animation and Guillermo del Toro, and I wanted to hear your thoughts, especially Hallie's thoughts, because okay. Hallie is like the most into animation person mm-hmm. that I know. So my thoughts don't matter. That's correct. I mean, they, they do matter. I want to hear both of your thoughts. That's why I'm asking you and not okay. just Hallie. Okay. But, um, so Guillermo del Toro did an interview and had some thoughts on the current state of animation and animated animated films. Let me read some quotes from him, and then we can discuss. So, uh, he says that modern-day animation, he believes, has been hijacked by creatively deflated big studios. Quote, animation to me is the purest form of art, and it's been kidnapped by a bunch of hoodlums. We have to rescue it. 
and I think that we can Trojan horse a lot of good shit into the animation world. Del Toro criticized what he saw as the destructive tendencies in commercial animation, where characters and emotions are, quote, codified into a sort of teenage rom-com, almost emoji-style behavior. If I see a character raising his fucking eyebrow or crossing his arms, having a sassy pose, oh, I hate that shit. He continued, why does everything act as if, it's, if they're in a sitcom? I think it is emotional pornography. All the families are happy and sassy and quick. Everyone has a one-liner. Well, my dad was boring. <laughs> I was boring. Everybody in my family was boring. We had no one-liners. We're all fucked up. That's what I want to see animated. I would love to see real life in animation. I actually think it's urgent. I think it's urgent to see real life in animation. End quote. Yes. There was a lot in that paragraph. There was a lot. There was, it was a, a lot. So, yes. <laughs> it was a long tweet. Animation has been hijacked by soulless corporate executives who don't like it very much, which is to be true of many things in the entertainment industry right now. I think the people in charge of making choices are people who haven't retired yet and not people who are creatively inspired and in touch with what modern audiences want. This is related, I swear. What's the video game that they announced they're going to make a movie for? Is it Link? Zelda? Yeah. <laughs> Link? You're not wrong. Proceed. Um, and they also have a tendency not to take animation seriously, hence the Oscars not taking the animation category seriously. Everyone thinking animation is just for kids. And then the Disney live action remakes to like legitimize their animated movies, which are their bread and butter and are their legacy. Disney especially doesn't respect its animation department enough and needs to be giving more resources that way. I also think that experimentation in animation is such an important thing. And there have been some really, really good new animated, like, experiments lately. Like, Klaus. Klaus is amazing. Go watch Klaus on Netflix. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. It looks like it's 3D, but it's all 2D. What? I'll let you finish. Okay, but it's all 2D. They did a special new lighting technique, and that was like, yeah, we wanted to pay homage to 2D animation, but also like use modern technology with 3D animation. And that's someone who's like embracing the new, but also isn't just like abandoning 2D because 3D is now a thing like Disney has done. So like, that's so cool. That's so neat. And there are people everywhere who want to be able to do this, but they need the funding and the chance. And Netflix is a, is a business, and we don't like the big businesses who don't let people share accounts who aren't under the same Wi-Fi password anymore. But they do seem to allow creator control and they have funded several of those animation projects that I think are important, which is which is good. Mm -hmm. So I think that the metaphor of Trojan horsing new things in animation is like a really good one. It's like Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse is incredible. One of the best animated movies ever made it's got so much depth and heart and art and like experimentation and like that's so cool mario yeah. i loved mario because even though it's illumination which is like a quote-unquote lower caliber animation studio that doesn't that makes like minions and secret life of pets <laughs> like i don't know it just seems like they and nintendo really took care to like make mario and co what they look like in the games but like 
animated, you know, more fully than they are. Like, I don't know. They just did such a good job adapting from video game animation to movie animation. You can tell there was a lot of love and passion in that. And I would love to see different variations of that in animation. I think it's so important to give money to these people. And I know that animators are criminally underpaid and they need to be given livelihoods so that we can have more of this animated magic because it is the most magical form of expression. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, it can create literally anything, which is why it needs to be creating literally way more, literally way more, <laughs> than, than like quote-unquote kids' movies. I do think Guillermo is correct in that because animation is for kids, we, we box it and we're like, okay, what's going to get the kids? What's going to be family-friendly? What's going to get the parents? And then things tend to be packaged into a, into a, into a film that's like really similar to other animated movies that came before. Uh-huh. Which is why Miyazaki is so great because Miyazaki does just put life in anim- animation. I think I think anime ha- tends to put more like slice of life, yeah, into animation. Um, and so I'd love to see more experiments with that because I really do want more like real life in animation, animation for adults that isn't gross and crass and like Big Mouth or whatever. Like when an adult show is animated, it's Family Guy or it's like Simpsons. And I love right. the Simpsons, but it's like, you can just make a really pretty movie that adults will like that just has m- more mature themes or whatever. Like it's fine. Like you could, we need so much more. There's so much room for art and they should just let this happen. But anyway, however, raised eyebrows are good and I'll fight him on that. <laughs> I get what he's saying about like crossing arms and using that kind of like these shortcuts for when you're making something that you want to be like other things that have been successful in the past. But one of the glories of animation is that you can stretch expressions and body language. So like, I'd hate to see us tamper that back just to just to just to not be. You can still have things be expressed without it falling into like quirky character right, exactly. does fun pose for like, giggles a good eyebrow raise hilarious yeah. wonderful that thing that cartoons do where they stick their head completely sideways over a door to be like hey like popping in the background of a scene yeah. wonderful real people cannot yeah. do that i can animation beautiful <laughs> for that kind of gag so like i think that his comment there is limiting but i understand the point he's making with that in the larger context yeah, I mean, I think he's he's sort of he's both expressing like what he's looking for and also kind of making a little bit of a straw man to like fight against. Right. Like, it's not that those things don't exist, but they aren't like the totality of animation. Right. Like, I like I totally I, I get what he's saying. I just got mad because I love eyebrow raises so much. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think, Kristen? Yes, go ahead. Unfortunately, I don't have much new stuff to say because, unfortunately, I largely agree with Hallie on this. However, the thing I was trying to find but couldn't find is that I know that they announced that they're going to make a Zelda movie, yeah. and everyone's like, Link's about to look like this. And it was like, insert <laughs> most generic animated character. I'm sure you like saw Like Tom it. Holland as an animated character. Yeah. yeah, and it was... Like, it looked... Good objectively for like animation, yeah. but it is the sort of like, oh, insert Disney Pixar animated character style, right. like large eyes, small nose and mouth, yeah. big head, yeah. like these exact same like distorted proportions. Um, so I do think, you know, people take a thing that's successful and they run with it. 
but especially and i think what's crazy to me is that um spider-verse came out and everyone praised the Every animation so much and i know yeah. the animation takes a long time a long so time. even if that did change some things and like create new conversations in boardrooms and whatnot i know that it's going to take a while before that can be mm-hmm. implemented in a way that people actually see mm-hmm. but that came out what four years ago mm-hmm. and i feel like we would have Started to right, see like more we would have, you now. could have seen that was lucrative from both a money-making audience perspective yeah. and a critical response yeah. perspective. Like, like everybody universally beloved. Yeah, and we haven't really seen that. And now across the Spider Verse just came out. Fantastic, it, David. David, it's I, I so know. good. I should see it. And the we'll animation again is so, so good. Even better than last time yeah. because, like for example, you see a little bit of Gwen's universe, and it's like a completely different. Oh my god, the color palettes! Style. Yeah, they were inspired by Cinderella. It was. I didn't know that. Yeah, the blues and the pinks, and they showed her in her pink dress with the blue beads. That's fun. Yeah. Um. So like they did that, and again, it paid off, and I think you know part of that is mm-hmm. they saw that it was successful and everyone liked it. But they could have just kept it where it was, but they were like, no, let's push this a little right. step further. Like, we there's have a character like, who took, like, three years to animate. Just him. Just him. And it was so good. And, like, I remember watching, and I know this still falls into Disney, but I remember watching Wreck-It Ralph and really liking yeah. um, the little villagers where he's yeah, from because they, they move, move so in, like, a bit. They're so cute. And it's like, you can do these things that are so entertaining yeah. that even if they're still falling under the same big animation umbrella, you can, like, tweak things right. and have a lot of fun with it. Or when Brave came out, finally it was a Disney princess who did not follow the tangled, frozen vibe. I think she... I think those were the only ones that were out when she came <laughs> those out. Those two. But, like, I mean, you look at Moana, who follows the same mm-hmm. sort of, like, appearance as yep. um, Tangled and Frozen. Again, big eyes, small, other features, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Brave, she at least has, like, some different body proportions. It's yeah. not quite the Her eyes are smaller thing. than, like, Her a hair animation yeah. was incredible. And you can do, and that's as a person who doesn't even feel super passionately about animation. That's just as a person who's like, I see animated things because I enjoy them. And I see that people could be doing so much more. And and they're not. And my, my mean, not mean, but like... Everyone relies so much on 3D animation that I remember when they announced like a new Rugrats show came out and I was like, listen, I'm not trying to be the old person who's like, it's better when I was a kid, but like, why is everything 3D animated? We do not need this. 2D animation can be really good. Like Klaus. Klaus was fantastic. That's the thing I was going to say. Remember, I was like, is it Justin Timberlake? And it was the other guy. He voiced Jesper in Klaus. Justin Timberlake? No. No, he doesn't. No. Oh, um, Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was confused. I was like, that is definitely not You're just supposed to connect to the same... He's supposed to make the same lyrics that I make it. Work with me here. He's Jesper. He's Jesper, yeah. And I was like, well, that's why his voice is so familiar. Yeah. Um... I don't remember. I don't know. Just as a person who appreciates... Yes. 
3D. It's everywhere. And it's not that it's done poorly. Like, I don't I, see every 3D thing and I'm like, this is a scourge upon this nation. But I don't think everything needs to be 3D. Yeah, I'm not and that's against... coming from me, a person who is not even super invested in animation. So I can only imagine how frustrating it is if you are in animation like, and work in it to be like, we could be doing so much. So much. And... Old white men in boardrooms are ruining things. Makes me so upset. Have you seen Pinocchio? No, I have not. I really wanted to, and so I feel really bad. Maybe we should add that to the list. Oh, let's add that to our list. I feel really bad because he makes this comment about like animation, and I also agree that like it becomes this feedback loop of like animation works for children's things so it becomes really successful so they make more children's things that are animated and then in order to differentiate the fact that it is not a child show or movie the adult animated things have like a completely different style which isn't inherently bad but like it's less pretty. It's less pretty. Like, make, make pretty things for adults. Make please. pretty things. And then it's always, you know, more like adult humor, which isn't inherently bad, but, like, it doesn't... We do not need to have such extremes. We like, do not need to have, like, pretty and rated G and a little more ugly and rated R humor. Like, you can you can bridge that gap, and that's how you create more things. Like, someone has to cross that line someone first. Someone has to... Uh, and the thing is that, like, um, Phil Lord or Christopher and Christopher Miller, like, they have clout within the industry now. So when they want to experiment with Spider-Verse, they mm-hmm. are able to do that because they have the names and they can yeah. get the money and the resources. But, like... You need someone to take that risk. Right. There's not... And it's hard for, like, new people to do that. And we mm-hmm. need to be able to let the new artists, like, you know, experiment. And I always think about how, like, even in, like, the 80s when they were making Little Mermaid one of the board members wanted to cut part of your world from Little Mermaid because it slowed the movie down. And they were like, no. And they had to fight really, really hard to keep part of your world and in the Little Mermaid. And that the most iconic Oh my Disney god. Like, and it's like, so people have been doing this forever. Yeah. And like, it is only when artists can fight for what they know is good for their movie that we can get past this. But I feel like it's getting harder and harder for people to do that because of capitalism and, and because AI. CEOs and AI and CEOs make 1100 times what the poor writer and makes And they just the sit street. in the boardroom and they're like, they're like yes. you know what sells? Carrots. We need a carrot movie. Emojis. And then nothing nothing for the people who have to animate 80 million carrots nope. over the course of several years. Nope. Why would they get any money? Or think of like in Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Miles' mom says something and then Miles is like, Mom, nobody my age says those words in that order. Yeah. Miles' mom is all the board members except yes. that, you know, it's on a much larger scale and they don't care what their metaphorical son is saying back to them. Like they're just like, no, we know everything. So we're going to connect to the kids and make, and, and it's like, that's not. And, and I, I think that, again, I have not seen Guillermo, de, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, and I have not seen, admittedly, much animation beyond the big names. Um, but I, I also think that you can 
be annoyed with the status quo but still appreciate it so kind of the thing where he's like the eyebrow quirks and the arm frosts and everything and it's like okay you can admit that that's not like your bread and butter but it doesn't inherently make it evil just because you see it a lot like you don't have to be a non-conformist I say as a person who often is non-conformist that was my thing I don't mind there being 3D animation like Tangled and Frozen love both oh they're fantastic I just like we could still be making 2D movies I think of how all children's shows now are like all 3D, all 3D. animation, and it's they're worse than they used they're to be. They're worse than they this used is, to and be, and that isn't just us being old. This is just an objective <laughs> fact. Like I don't know. Like right now, the best one is Bluey, and that's 2D. That's 2D. That's 2D. It's 2D. great. Yeah. Or even like, I just think of it, like it looks weird now, and that's because so yeah. many people I think are just trying to do like the cheap, fast right. option to crank stuff out that's most popular. Like, I thankfully do not have to watch much Coco Melon. But what I have seen of Coco <sighs> Melon, it's terrifying. And I'm like, Absolutely. yeah, that's 3D animation, just like Paw Patrol is. But, like, yeah. Paw Patrol doesn't, like, it's, give me Uncanny Valley vibes. It's puppies instead like, of it's, people, so it's like, Yeah, it's also different. Well, but, okay, but... bubble guppies, technically. They're also mermaids. But they yeah. still have, you know, the human upper half. Yeah. And those don't freak me out. Coco Melon freaks me out because everyone does a weird cheat version. It's like when you really want. Hello, David here. For reasons unknown, this is another episode where the last 10 or so minutes got corrupted and we lost the very end of the episode, including the part where I read what the next episode is going to be. It's a lot better when Hallie and Kristen are here, but. For completion's sake, I did write an intro, so I'll go ahead and read that now. While driving deep into the Florida Everglades at night, Fred Jones falls asleep at the wheel, crashing the mystery machine and nearly killing himself and his cohorts. Forced to abandon their trusty van, the crew, armed with just a flashlight and one last box of Scooby Snacks, heads back towards the highway on foot. They discover a rowboat tied to an abandoned dock and head out onto the water. However, a strange fog settles in, and when morning breaks, they find themselves completely lost, stranded on a mysterious island far from land. Locals are afraid to leave their houses, terrified of the monsters that come out at night. Sounds like a perfect job for a team devoted to unmasking all types of ghasts and ghouls. However, this time, the monsters are real? That's right, for next time we're watching Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, a movie that I had never heard of. You have to imagine the excitement from Kristen and Hallie at this point. They both loved this movie and were so happy that this was the one that we picked to have as our next episode. So again, I'm sorry, technical difficulties, but uh, next time there'll be some Scooby-Doo. And uh, until then, so long, listeners.